Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the shit show of my 20s. On this episode, I got to speak with Sabrina. We talk about how she started her own podcast called Cultivating Curiosity. We talk about her experience with her life coach, how she met her boyfriend, and how she balances having a full-time job with running a podcast as well, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy listening. Awesome. So thank you so much, Sabrina, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about you. I'd love to start at the beginning. Tell me about your story. Yeah. So thank you so much, Sophia, for having me on your show. It's such an honor. I'm so excited for you. This is such a fun podcast. Um, So my story, I love this because I'm usually asking my guests what their story is. So I guess starting from the beginning, I'm a Midwestern girl. I grew up in Indiana. And I know I was joking with you prior that I grew up amongst the cornfields of the Midwest. And now I live on the Jersey Shore. Um, So I went to college in Ohio. Specifically, I went to Kent State University and I studied fashion merchandising. So I always loved fashion. I loved dressing up, going to high school. I used to joke that the hallways in the high school were my runway because I loved dressing up every single morning and going to school. It made me feel so confident and it made me feel like myself. So I, when I got to that point in my life where I was really thinking, okay, what do I want to do as professionally have a career at, I looked into fashion merchandising, specifically being a buyer for a big fashion company, because I was really good in school. I was good with math, but I also loved fashion. And so it seemed at the time, like it would mesh both of my passions and both of my strengths. And so that's what I went to school for. And I absolutely loved my four years at Kent. I met my best friends there. I met my boyfriend there. He's my college sweetheart. I got to study abroad in Florence, Italy for four months. It was the best time of my life. And it just truly was such a beautiful experience. And then Time flew by so fast, like it always does. And graduation rolled around May 2017. And I started applying for jobs and interviewing for jobs. And I got my first big girl job, as I like to say, as a buyer for Burlington Stores, which was previously known as Burlington Coat Factory. And so I started in September of 2017 at Burlington. And it's so funny, like when you go to school for fashion, you think you're going to work in shoes or handbags or something super glamorous, right? Like that's what pretty much every single fashion major ideally wants to work in when they come out of school. And I got placed when I was finished, when I finished my onboarding at Burlington, I got placed in sheets, like sheet sets that go on the bed. (laughs) Very not glamorous at all, but I really learned to love it. And that's when I realized, okay, like I went to school for something that I meant to do because I can be a buyer for anything. Like, yes, I can buy shoes, but the fact that I'm passionate, this passionate over sheet sets, I know that I'm doing what I meant to do. So that's currently what I do today. I'm a fashion buyer. And then on the side, I'm also a host for my podcast show, Cultivating Curiosity, which I have been doing for almost two years. So I'd love to know a little bit more about fashion buying. So how do you choose what you're going to buy? Do you like research trends? Do you go through Pinterest? Like, what does that process look like? 
There are a bajillion and one things that go into being a fashion buyer. Um, you have to be really good with numbers and math because every month you get a checkbook and you get a certain amount of money that you can spend. And it's, it's a, it's a really big balance of a lot of different things. And that's why I always have such a hard time explaining what I do because I do so much. So absolutely. I think it starts with the trends. So, we have trends that we find on Pinterest or from fashion publications. And of course we incorporate those trends with styles that we know have sold really well in the past, because even though trends come and go, our customer still knows what she likes at the end of the day. Like there's always that consistent look that the customer wants. So it's our job to create freshness within the assortment, but also to continue to provide that style the customer is going to buy. And so I think that's where we start. And then one, we work with a slew of vendors who are based out of New York City for the most part, and they are great partners and they work with our trends and work with our designs and create beautiful assortments for us that we get to choose and put in our stores. So it's really just a mix of the fashion artsy side, but also the number side as well, because you need to also make money. Like that's the end goal of any business, right? Is to make money, to make a profit. And that's what a buyer does. It's their job to create a really great, beautiful assortment that the customer is going to buy, but to also make money for the company at the same time. And do you have a favorite brand? In sheets specifically or personally? It could be for anything. It could be for clothes. It could be for shoes. Just like a brand that really stands out to you. Oh my gosh. Um, Target. (laughs) Is that a brand? Yeah, I love Target. I spend, at least I spend before quarantine, so much of my extra time at Target. It just brings me so much comfort strolling the aisles at Target. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do love their clothes. I love a new day and I love who, what, wear at Target. That's pretty much the majority of my closet. Awesome. When I think of Target, I don't really think of clothes. I think of like just strolling. Really? I, yeah, I don't know. I've never thought of clothes when I think of Target. I think of like getting makeup I think of getting food I think of getting school supplies like I've never really thought of getting clothes I do get purses from there but I've never thought of getting clothes from there like I've never oh, really that's looked hilarious. at their clothes that's but. good don't go strolling in the clothing <laughs> aisle or else you're gonna hate me because at least a hundred dollars of your money is gonna come out of your bank account every week at least do you have any other favorite brands Do you have any, like, online stores that you love to shop at? You know what? I'm not a big online shopper. I never have been. I'm really good with my money. I I think it's because I got it out of my system when I was in high school, just spending money on stuff I didn't need. And I got to the point where, okay, this is my money that I'm earning. I have bills that I have to pay now. Um, So I am really, for being in fashion, I actually don't buy a lot of stuff that I don't need so I'm not an online shopper and do you have like a favorite item that you've purchased for Burlington that I purchased for Burlington 
Oh, so I've only purchased sheets. So mm-hmm. that's like my department that I buy. And that's a good question. I have to say, I really love our organic sheet sets. Um, I get to like bring some of our samples home and test them out. Mm-hmm. So I do love our organic sheets that we have. They're just really soft and they wash well and they're really light and airy. Do you get to test all of the products? No, unfortunately not. I mean, I guess fortunately because I would have literally hundreds of sheet sets in my linen <laughs> closet. Literally hundreds. You should see my sample <laughs> at my desk at work. It's crazy. But um, yeah, yeah, sometimes we do. Like, it's so funny because a couple years ago, a vendor gave us a pair of Swarovski sheet sets. So like Swarovski crystal, and it had the crystals embedded into the hem of the sheet. And I took it home to wash it to see if the crystals were going to stay in the sheet set. And two years later, they're still there. And they're like one of our favorite pairs. So (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, And are you working remote right now? How long have you been working remote? I am. So the corporate office has been working from home for almost, I think this is our sixth week. So it's, it's really crazy. You know, when all this started to happen, we were testing working from home and now it's crazy to say like the whole company has been working from home for almost two months and who knows till when. So it's been an adjustment, but I think it's really been great for not just Burlington, but all companies to show that we have the technology now to work from home more often. As much as I love going into the office, you know, by Friday, going to the office is the last thing that you want to be doing. So I think it's really great that companies are seeing, okay, maybe we can start implementing implementing working from home more for our associates. I guess that would be the silver lining in all of this. And how are you liking working from home? What's your favorite part? Oh, I love it. I thought, okay, like maybe this, like the first couple weeks, okay, I'm just in the honeymoon phase still, but it's like I said, almost two months and I'm still loving every second of it. I, I like to call myself an extroverted introvert. So I'm very outgoing. I'm very confident. I love to talk and connect with people, but I also, I'm an only child. So maybe this is where this comes in. I need my time to really decompress and to be with myself and self-reflect and, um, that I'm a big homebody. So I think that this is giving me time to do all of that. It's giving me time to work on projects I'm passionate about, but also to have all this time to really focus on myself and get a lot more sleep and to work out more consistently and to meditate more often. It's been, it's been a really great experience. It's going to be hard adjusting back to office life. Yeah, Definitely. So tell me more about your podcast. Where did the idea come from? When did you yeah, start it? So, so my podcast was started in the summer of 2018. So it's almost two years old. And I started my podcast because I started my job at Burlington in September, like I said. New York City and Burlington's office is down. I have round trip every day. It's 90 miles. 
So it's about 45 minutes each way on the Jersey Turnpike. And so after about two months of listening to iHeartRadio over and over, there was only so many more times I could listen to the same songs. So I started looking into podcasts and I found Rachel Hollis's podcast. At the time, it was called Deus, but now it's called The Rise Podcast. And she was, I literally binged her entire show because not only was she so engaging and such an awesome person, but she opened my eyes up to what it meant to be an entrepreneur and to what it meant to like strive to be a better version of yourself. And to this day, she's still like my biggest mentor and I look up to her so much and So she really inspired me to create something of my own. And I, I was thinking on one of my drives to work, I'm like, I really want to create a project of my own. And I also want to want it to be in media because in college I did study fashion and that was the majority of my life in college was fashion, but I also did some TV two stuff. So some college TV where I reported on fashion on the Cleveland news and I did other TV stuff around the university and I loved it. I loved it so much. And I wanted to still incorporate some sort of project in my life that would expose me to media because I didn't want that to completely go away. And I thought, why not start my own podcast? And it that's where it happened. The light bulb went off on my drive to work. And six months later, I launched my very first episode. And it has been quite right ever since. So the name of my show is Cultivating Curiosity because I am a naturally curious person. And I truly love listening to people's stories and really getting to know someone and to hear their wisdom that they have. And in today's society, it is so easy to glue your eyes behind your phone and to not even make eye contact with someone on the train and to not even say hi or help someone with their groceries. And I want to instill this natural curiosity with my within my listeners that, hey, if you become curious about someone and just ask them what their name is or ask them a question about themselves. You don't know what type of doors that's going to open for you in your life. And you don't know what type of perspective you're going to gain from hearing that person's story. So that's the whole mission behind cultivating curiosity is to cultivate curiosity in your own life. And I ask all of my guests at the end of the show, how they cultivate curiosity and every answer is so different. And that's what I love about it. Some people say I cultivate curiosity by reading and I cultivate curiosity by asking people questions about themselves. And it's so much fun to see how people are curious within their lives. And my hope is to inspire other people to become more curious in their life as well. And it all starts with a story. The mission of my podcast is to bring people's stories to the surface And how do you usually find guests for your podcast? So it's so funny because in season one, it was really just a lot of my friends that I thought had a good story, that they do have a good story. And I was like, I want them to be on the show. And now season two is really me scouting out 
guests on Instagram, or if I'm watching a TV show and I find someone really interesting, I try to find their contact information and reach out to them. It's a lot more of me pitching my show to people, which has been a lot harder than season one, where I felt like I had all these guests lined up. Um, now I'm being more selective and I am really trying to do my research because I know from season one what my audience likes and what they want to listen to. So I'm trying to find guests related to those topics. So a big way that I do that is on Instagram. I search a specific hashtag and a lot of different types of accounts come up related to that hashtag. And so I've been able to find some guests that way. And I'm also really active in podcast Facebook groups, which is how I met you, Sophia. Mm -hmm. So it's been really fun. And that's been a great way to meet a lot of new people as well for the show. And what are your top three episodes? So in season one, my top three episodes all related to becoming a better version of yourself naturally and focusing on your health. So the first top, the first episode with the most downloads was how to stress less. The second one was the truth about CBD. And the third one was how to naturally heal your, heal yourself. So it's like, there's a very clear theme within those three episodes of, okay, my my audience wants to become a better version of themselves spiritually, mentally, physically in the most natural way possible. And do you think someone's following has anything to do with the amount of listens that happen for the episode? Do you think you can get someone with a smaller following and get more listens? Or do you think you already have to have a large established audience in order to have a podcast? I actually don't think your following has anything to do with the popularity of your episode. And I say that because... I, my top three played episodes are with guests that don't have large followings on Instagram. And then I have some episodes where my guests do have larger followings, but they weren't as popular as the other episodes I just listed off. So it really comes down to the title of your episode. Like our attention spans these days are so short. Like we're constantly just scrolling on Instagram until something catches our attention. And so we carry that same mindset into looking for what podcast episode we want to listen to. Like I know that I do that before I drive to work. I am quickly scrolling through all my podcast shows. I click on a podcast show and then I quickly scroll through the episodes to see, okay, which one do I want to listen to? And it's whatever catches my attention in the title of those episodes that's how I choose what podcast episode I listen to and so if I'm that way I know my audience is the same way so I really try to create titles that are engaging that have really engaging words in them such passion dream how to you know something that I know that the my audience will know okay listening to this episode I'm going to gain value from listening to this and so it really just comes down to the title and if your audience is interested in that title and in that topic and do you do like long titles do you do short titles I try to keep the titles shorter um they're not super short, but they're not really long either. Like I still want to get the message across, but also give across, give 
give as much detail as possible to help to help my listener make a decision. And what is your favorite interview that you've done so far? Or it could be like a couple favorite interviews. Yeah, I love all my interviews. So this is a really hard <laughs> question because all of them offer something so different and so beautiful. Um, oh, this is such a good question. I have to say, oh my gosh. I would have to say one of my favorite interviews was with um, my friend Lauren, Lauren Schwab. Her episode is episode 23, The Power of Stepping Into Fear. And she is just such a wonderful person. I actually met her through my life coach, Sam, their best friends. And Lauren is just all about, she's accomplished so much in her short lifetime. Like she's not even 30 yet, I believe. And she's been on a couple reality competition shows. She hosts her own retreats. She um, is a is a retreat host, is a retreat coach now. She has started up her own gym. She has her own company called Unplugged Mornings. Like she has accomplished so much. And so my mission for that show was to really get behind her drive and her motivation because everyone wants to accomplish something in their life. And I wanted to understand why her, why, how did she do all of that? And her biggest response was, I chased stuff that made me scared. Because at the end of the day, we don't do things that we really want to do because we're scared. And that little voice in our head is telling us not to do it for whatever reason. And if we are able to get past that fear, we can accomplish so much. And so that was really one of the biggest topics of the episode. We covered so much, but that was one of the biggest ones was really stepping into that fear and doing it anyway. So that was a really powerful episode for me because at the time I was letting fear hold me back. And so it was just one of those episodes where I talked to her and afterwards I felt such a relief, such a weight lifted off of my shoulders. And I remember telling my boyfriend, Kyle, I cannot wait until I release this episode because it was so good. And what have you learned from doing your podcast? I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about business and essentially running your own business because I work in the corporate fields. I never thought growing up that I would become an entrepreneur. And I have learned so much about what it means to really be your own boss and to create a product and then market the product. And it's just been, I've learned so much in that aspect that I, I love, and I've learned, I think my podcast has really brought to light what my passion is because I record episodes and afterwards, after every single episode, I feel so alive and I feel so good. And I don't get that feeling from a lot of other things that I do in my life. And so that really shows that, okay, like, being a podcast host, being an interviewer, and really just connecting with people about their stories is what I'm meant to be doing. So working on every aspect of my show truly brings me to life when it comes to 
interviewing the guests, creating the marketing materials, editing the episodes. It's just, it's opened so many beautiful doors for me. And I think that's one of the other big lessons working on my podcast is just do something that simply brings you joy because to this day I haven't gained one dollar from my podcast like that's not a big mission for me and I've been doing this for almost two years like my mission for my podcast is to just cultivate curiosity in people's lives like I said but to also just bring me joy and to bring me happiness and to fill my passion and that's that's what I've learned is that you need something like that in your life Is there anything you wish you would have known before you started your podcast? Oh boy. Um, that's a good question. I wish, I mean, I think this is how everyone is when they start a business or a podcast or a new venture is they look back at the first few episodes and they cringe. And that's definitely what I do with like the entire first season of my podcast because the quality was just not where it is today. And I, looking back though, I wouldn't have changed anything because I was living in that whole done is better than perfect mentality because my whole life I'm a, I've been a perfectionist and to some degree I still am, but I'm glad I didn't let that perfectionism hold me back from releasing content and to keep moving forward because it perfectionism can definitely do that to a person. So I look back now and definitely the microphone that I was using were my Apple headphones. I was recording through Google voice. It just like the content was not there. The way I was interviewing my guests was not the way I interviewed today. The way I edited the episodes was completely different. It wasn't really a narration like it is today. It wasn't telling a story. So I look back and I wish, yes, I knew everything that I know now and I could have applied it to episode one, but that's the part of learning and growing and evolving. So I wouldn't have changed anything. Do you have any tips for managing like how you balance having a podcast and having a full-time job? It's hard. It's very, very hard because like I was telling you, having a full-time job Monday through Friday, by the time you get home from work, forget even working on the podcast because you're so mentally drained. And I think also too, for your mental and physical health, you shouldn't work on something when you come home from a nine to five job, because you need that time to rest and recharge. So really on the weekends is when I work on my podcast and I try to still balance a work-life balance on the weekends as well. So I give myself like a few hours in the morning to record an episode or to edit an episode. And then I still try to make plans with my boyfriend to go out to dinner or go on a hike or still do something fun because that's the trap of being an entrepreneur is since there's no clock out time, you can technically be working on your business 24 seven nonstop. And that's it that leads to burnout. That is not a good way to run any business. And that's, I'm very grateful that I had that mentality going into this. I knew that this was something that could easily take up all my time, but I knew that I also valued my personal and my personal life as well. 
And do you have any tips for getting more reviews on your podcast? So it takes a lot for someone, and I get it because I'm the same way. It takes a lot for someone to take time out of their day to go either rate your podcast or especially write a review. And it's hard. So I, what I do is at the end of every show, I have, I say, thank you so much for listening. Please rate or review the show. But I also want to give my audience some extra value for taking the time and effort to rate and review the show. So what I'm going to be doing end of May, early June is I'm going to be releasing a series of mini episodes with my life coach that is only going to be sent to people that rate and review my show just to say, Hey, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for engaging. Here's a little present from me to you. And can you tell me a little bit about your life coach? How did you meet her? Um, what are you working with her on? Yeah, so my life coach is Sam Murphy, and she is such a light in my life, and I actually met her through my podcast, and that's one of the things I love about my show is I'm constantly meeting new people, and she was a guest on my show. I asked her, I found her, and I asked her to come on my show, and it was one of my favorite episodes. Her episode is titled How to Unleash Your Greatness, and it was so powerful and so moving, and after talking to her, I knew I wanted to work with her and I've been working with her ever since and it's been almost two years and she works with me on a variety of things she works with me on helping me grow my podcast like I said she's helping me with the mini series and she also helps me um with my spiritual life with my personal life with my mental health she her and I are very similar and we both connect on this whole idea of spirituality and holistic healing. So we do a lot of sessions where we do some energy work, we do some clearings. Um, it's something that is hard to find out here with a traditional therapist. So she has been such a help for me in that way as well. She is really like a woman of all things. She's amazing. And can you tell me a story of how you met your boyfriend? Because I love hearing how we met stories. So I know. These are so much fun. Um, so, like I said, we're college sweethearts. But we actually met on Facebook of all places. So, I, I, Kent State is very big. Kent State's about 30,000 people on campus. So, and we did not run in the same friend groups whatsoever. So, there would have been no way without Facebook that we would have met each other. And we had one mutual friend on Facebook, who, a guy who lived on my floor freshman year of college. And because of that one mutual friend, I popped up on my boyfriend's Facebook feed of people you may know. And it was so funny because my profile picture at the time was me and my prom dress from high school. And he, like, apparently that caught his attention. <laughs> so like he says, he slid into my DMs and we started talking and it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year and so we talked literally all summer long and he was one of those people that you had instant chemistry with even just texting like you never got bored you never ran out of things to say and we would FaceTime we just talked constantly and then when fall came around and we got back to school we started hanging out and then that's history so it's been it's been really really fun we're this is our sixth year together this year, which is crazy mm -hmm. to say. 
Awesome. And what was yeah. his like opening line? Do you remember? Oh my god. Oh my gosh, actually I do remember. <laughs> It's so funny because I like woke up one morning and I saw that I had a Facebook message and it didn't show you who it was from, but I just had this gut feeling. I was like, oh my God, it's from that guy that friend requested me. And it it was just like, what's up? (laughs) It was like, yes. (laughs) What has been the biggest thing that you've learned from your life coach? Oh, that's a really great question. The biggest thing I've learned from my life coach is that it's okay to feel emotion other than happiness. And I say that because that was a big roadblock in my life because I am naturally a very happy, bubbly person. Um, It's just who I am. But of course, everyone has a whole spectrum of emotions. We all have sad days. We all have good days. We all have angry days. And that's okay. And I didn't think that was okay. I didn't. At the time, I didn't think that was okay. And so I would resist all of those emotions. And Sam really helped me work through that. And she really helped me understand that it's okay to be human. And that it's okay and normal to experience these things. And you really just have to, instead of resisting it and judging them, really just embrace them for what they are. So that's just one of the many things that she's taught me, but she's been, she's been so amazing in my life. And earlier you mentioned that your boyfriend got furloughed. Um, I know that's something that a lot of us are dealing with right now. And I was wondering if you have any tips on how you support him through the season. Yeah, that's a really great question. It's, it's a really, really hard season for so many people. Um, I think just really just knowing that he's he's got me there to help him. Um, I think probably the biggest one is keeping himself busy doing working on something that he is passionate about. And he recently started his own finance blog. And so he's spending his time working on that. And so it he even said yesterday, he's like, I worked on this all day and I was so productive, but the time flew. It felt like I wasn't even working on it all day. And I think that's a great sign that you're doing what you're meant to do is when the time literally flies by and you lose track of all time. And so I think that's just like the biggest key for anyone during this hard time is to keep yourself busy working on something that you enjoy working on and still getting up at a decent time, still keeping a routine of some degree, but also giving yourself grace to have those lazy days as well. But most of the time, keep yourself busy and really find a project that you've always wanted to do. Like we all have those projects that are always in the back of my mind in the back of our minds for that rainy day well this is your rainy season so take out that notepad take out that canvas whatever that looks like for you and just get creative and start working on something that your heart has always been tugging at you on and what have your 20s been like so far my 20s have been they've been a big self-discovery experience and journey. Um, And I say that because I've really just kind of 
deep dive into who I am as a person and what I want from this life and what it means to be a human on this planet. And I'm a very spiritual person. I'm a deep thinker. And I really just think about a lot of the time, okay, what is my purpose on this earth? What am I meant to do? And my 20s has been my journey of discovering that and really just exploring new ways of making me a better person and a better version of myself and helping others do the same. So the 20s, it's a very, very interesting time. Um, I've been learning so much about myself and it's crazy. I don't know. Some days people say like your thirties and your forties and your fifties are so much better because at that point, you know who you are. You, na- you just naturally relax, I guess. <laughs> Cause some people say they hit a certain age and they're like, that's when I stop caring about anything. And there's some days in my twenties and I'm just like, I want that. Like, I want to not care about something so much. I want to just relax and just be in the moment. And my 20s, I feel like we all have this inner drive and determination to achieve something and to make something of ourselves, which I think is great. And that's what our 20s are about. But I also think that too much of that can get very exhausting. It's it's all about balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you could go back in time and talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell her? Oh, my gosh. I would I would tell her not to be so hard on herself yeah I would tell her not to be so hard on herself and that harder times are coming but she's going to get through it and they're just going to make her stronger and she's going to learn so much about herself and She's going to create so many new perspectives about life. And it's all about the journey, not the destination. And are there any questions you wish I would have asked you? I love these questions. (laughs) I do. I would say, like, if anyone wants to find me, I am on social media. I am on Pinterest and Instagram at Sabri Parati, S-A-B-R-I-P-I-E-R-O-T-T-I. I know it's an awful. And then you can find my show, Cultivating Curiosity, on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all those places. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. I would love if you guys can leave me a review on iTunes. And please feel free to share this episode with anyone you think it would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.